All right, so we've been going through, anybody know where we're at today? John, well, that's an easy one. John chapter 4, verses 39 through 42. Uh, I have to say once again, when Aaron handed me that scripture, I was like, really? Thanks, I think. Um, he got all the good, what I thought was the good stuff. I thought he got all the meat in, in the story, and I thought, you just left me with the recap. That's not right. But I tell you, as you get into this, there's really a lot in this, in this, this simple Simple passage, but I want to talk to you a little bit. I, I, I always title my messages, and sometimes I tell you guys what they are, and sometimes they're not. I don't, but I do it for myself, partially for my saving process. You know, when I'm in my computer, I'm saving it. So I, I call this a, a blueprint for salvation. Now, many of you know, most of you know, I'm new here. Uh, so we bought a new house a month and a half ago or whatever. And when I told Heidi that, I said, I don't want to move all the furniture. Buy new furniture. And, uh, boy, was I wrong. Um, <laughs> but, so one of the things that she bought um, is she works from home. Both of us work from home, so we have to have desks and all that. And so she said, hey, Kelly, I found this desk I really want. It's really cool looking. It's really nice. It, uh, it's befitting of the director, uh, you know, position. I tease her about that. But it's, it's this nice desk. And so she said, but there's a little bit of assembly required. This is the assembly for her desk. There's 100, and 100 pages, roughly, 57, 58 different steps of building. There are pictures, and then we got the desk. I opened it up. Half of it was labeled. Half of it wasn't. You know, anybody I kind of identify with that? Um, there's all these different ways you could put it together. You can have your L this way. You can have your L that way. You can have it down the middle. I don't know. It's all kinds of, of weird stuff. And as I began to think about this week, I began to think about this desk. Because sometimes, when we're telling people about Jesus, we get all concerned, and we think there's this massive instructional. And i got to tell you, our text today really eliminates all of this. It gets really simple. And, you know, it's, it's a... It's a it's a tough one because Jesus gives us a mandate in Matthew 28. And I've got it up there for you. If those of you maybe uh, don't remember, it's 18 through 20. Jesus tells the disciples this. This is his mandate for telling people about him. He says, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. But when you read that, it's, it's big, right? It's theological. It's huge. And if you're like me, I don't want the hundred-pager. I want the one-pager. Right? That's what I want. But Jesus didn't leave us just out here to, to flop around. Just like I was trying to put that stupid desk together. I'm like, which piece is it again, Hyde? You know, no tools were thrown in the process of that either. But we're, we get today the opportunity to see the one-pager. It's a one-page piece. So I'm speaking, this message is also multifaceted. I'm speaking to you, the believers, today. And I'm speaking to you who maybe don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. 
So I want you to hear, this is a two, it's a two-fold one. Our story last week was about the Samaritan woman at the well, where Jesus encounters her. And he offers her, offers her does anybody remember? Living water. Living water. And, and she, is, she accepts the living water. And that's kind of where we're at today um, in our, our scripture. So I'm going to read it to you. It's John chapter 4, 39 through 42. If you don't have your Bible, we've, we've got it up here. I painstakingly put these in Friday night, erased them on accident, thought I lost them all. Talked to Aaron while he was in New York, sitting in the airport, and uh, did find it. So it is in there. But, uh, and I may have missed the first slide, but that's okay. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because of the woman, because the woman had said, he told me everything I did. And there's an exclamation point behind that. He told me everything I ever did. And when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. And then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because what we have heard ourselves. Now we know indeed that he is the Savior of the world. There's a blueprint here. And really, three verses is a one-pager. It's exactly my skill level. It's the one-pager. Anybody here note-takers? It's okay if you are, if you're not. I mean, sometimes I'm, I go back and forth. Um, so I'm going to give you three points today. I told you I only preach out of three points. I'm not, I'm not smart enough to preach any more than three. So that's what I preach as three points. And our first point today, if you're a note taker, is real simple. Is your story is God's story. That's, that sounds pretty simple. Your story, your testimony, if you want to use the church verbiage, your testimony is God's story of redemption. It's that simple. Your story is God's story of redemption in your life. It's him working. It's him moving. What happened here this morning? That's God's story in you. Some of you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expect to hear good things this morning. That's your testimony. That's God's story. Because you didn't do them. I didn't do them. Verl didn't do them. God did them. So your story becomes God's story. Exodus 15.2 says, says this, and I'm going to give you, I'm going to shoot you guys some scripture today, so I apologize for that in advance, but I, I like scripture. Exodus 15.2 says this, it says, The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father is God, and I will exalt him. Now I could preach from that one. Our message today could preach from that. Because it wraps it all up in there. But let me tell you. It says, the Lord is my strength and my song. He gave you victory. Psalms 106.8, and I forgot to put it in my notes this morning, but I did go back and look it up again. It says, God, God saved you. God worked in you, just like he did the woman at the well, to demonstrate who he is to the world. Psalms 106.8 says this, and it's really clear for those of us who maybe need a little help here. Me. Even so, he saved them to defend the honor of his name and demonstrate his mighty power. It was, that's always been his purpose, 
That's always been his purpose, was to demonstrate who he was. He does these things in us. He gives us a story to tell so that we can tell everyone else. He works in us so we can. Let me tell you this. God meant for you to share what he's done. So this morning, for those of you who God worked in your life this morning, I'm telling you, you're supposed to share it. Here's Jesus' own words out of Luke 8. No one lights a lamp and then covers it up with a bowl or hides it under a bed. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light can be seen by all who enter the house. For all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open, and everything that is concealed will be brought to light and be made known to all. The Samaritan woman, guys, she did not go back and cover it. God had just done an awesome work in her life. He had just revealed things to her. He had just revealed that he's the savior of the world to her. And she had two choices. She could have went back to her house and kept it to herself and been, woo. Or she could be a light on a stand. And that's who we're called to be. That's who Jesus calls us to be, is a light on the stand. That we're supposed to go out and show the whole world who we're supposed to be. But some of you say, man, that's scary. Anybody here ever say, everybody, I'm just going to be honest. Anybody here get a little bit nervous sometimes when they go to share Jesus with anybody? I mean, seriously. I, I, right here. My hand is, is raised. Now, in the business world, we have a principle. It's called the KISS method. Anybody ever heard of the KISS method? There it is. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> Speaks to me constantly. It's a biblical. It is a biblical theological piece. Keep it simple, stupid. The Samaritan woman completely demonstrates that. What, what, What did she go back and tell the city? What did she go back and tell the town? It's very simple. This is what she says. This is this is what led people to the Lord. He told me everything I ever did. Just tell people what he did in your life. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to have a degree. You don't have to have a certificate on the wall. You just have to tell him what he did. You just have to tell the world what he did. I got a chance last night to talk to Rick for just a few minutes. And he just shared. There was no theology there, Rick. It was simple. He shared his testimony. He shared it with me. And, man, I walked away blessed. That was, you encouraged me last night. And I don't even know if you know that you did. That was simple. He just told me his story. That's exactly what the woman at the well did. She didn't embellish. She didn't add to. She didn't need to. It's very simple. Just tell the world what God has done. That's your mandate. Goes back to Matthew 28. Go and make disciples. Well, how do you make that? Just tell people. Simple, right? It's simple. We want to make it so much harder than what it is. It's so much simpler than what the world would tell you it is. For those of you who think you need to be a great theologian, you don't have to be. You just have to tell your story. It's God's story. It's that simple. If you need a little assurance of that, 2 Corinthians 9 and 13 says this. It says, as a result of your ministry, some, some I've read say, actually testimony, they will give glory to God. The Samaritan woman set the example. 
because she was brave enough to go back and simply tell the people her story. We read a little bit later that the entire town is influenced for Jesus. It's that simple. I mean, I'm sure somebody went to a drive-up this morning. Opportunity is there to just tell someone about Jesus. So, you're make, so you might get deemed a little bit goofy at times. That's all right. I'd be goofy for Jesus anytime. Simply let the people see and hear what God is doing in your life. And direct them to him. You don't have to have the pulpit. You don't have to stand up here. Just tell your story. Just like Rick did to me last night. He just told me a story. I loved it. Thank you, Rick. Anybody here ever watch a Field of Dreams? Yeah. So I'm going to give you my profound statement. If you tell them, they will find Jesus. It's that simple. If you tell them, they will find Jesus. Sorry, I, something came up there. Um, so, if you tell them, they will find Jesus. People will seek out Jesus if you tell them about your experience. It's really, really, really simple. People aren't interested. They're really not. People are not interested or won over by philosophy. They're just not. They're not going to be won over by philosophy. They're, they're won over, guys. Don't look at them. They're won over by experience and relationship. That's it. That's how people are won over, by experience and relationship. How did you find Christ? Did somebody tell you? Yep. There it is. And then you met him. Correct. Let me tell you, if I could put another word in for Jesus, I would put relationship. One simple word, I would put relationship. People when they see the work of Jesus in your life, they want to meet the man who did that. Now, you notice we've got some folks up here this morning who are going to help. Now, let's see. Steve, you're loud. Okay. What, what, what got you up here? No, no, what got you right now? Why did you come to the front of my... Uh, for what? Why? Because what? What did she tell you? That I couldn't hear. But she did say Okay. <laughs> Josh, tell me, tell me, what did Heidi tell you? What got you to come up here? What was... I'm pretty sure she said that there's a man out there that knows about Jesus that you should go see him. That's okay. What, what, what else? She said that I should come listen to him. Oh, that's probably fair. When I was a boy, I'll bring my famous bag up here. When I was a boy, now forgive me, because I believe the world takes and puts... Their emphasis, whoa, well, that's not going to work. The, the, world, the world likes to duplicate what God does. They take his principles and they duplicate them. All right, so when I was a boy, now forgive my heathenness right now. I got one more in there somewhere. Um, when I was a boy, there was a certain day of the year that we all got dressed up and we ran out and we begged for candy, Right? So I don't know, just, you know, don't take off your spiritual mind. Well, keep it, but just hear the example. I remember meeting up with my friends and saying, 
who's giving out the big candy bars? <laughs> who's giving out the big candy bars? Right? Now, how did I hear about that? How did I hear about the houses that were giving out big candy bars? Somebody had to tell me, right? Now, because I, they told me, what did I do? I believed that I would get a big candy bar. Now, Steve, if you come up here, and I, and Heidi tells you, do you think I'm going to give you the candy bar now? Oh, I'm going to get that candy bar. Fair enough. He's a lot bigger than me. But, but he heard, he came, and now I'm going to give him what he came expecting. Anybody get the principle? Yeah. You get the principle. Yeah. Josh, do you want a candy bar? <laughs> because you came, you believed, you receive. Amen. Is that hard? <laughs> Anybody just hear Josh? He preached the whole sermon. He said, Amen. <laughs> so, to each one of you, I've got these extra large Hershey bars. Because you heard, you came, you receive. How simple is that? You guys can sit down. I just wanted to point a little bit of a fun, a fun way to tell you, once again, how the world has taken God's principles. They've, they've, they've kind of sorted around, but it's still God's principle. If you hear, you come, you will receive. That's exactly, that is exactly what people want. See, i got to tell you guys this. Heidi, because she's the one who went and told everybody a candy bar, was she the one who gave the candy bar? No. Nope. So I'm taking the, the stress off of you right now. You don't give salvation. You don't give healing. You won't give any of it. Your job is simple. You're the little kid on the corner plotting it out, saying, go to this house. Because they got the giant candy bar. That's kind of how it is with Jesus. You don't have to do any of that. You just have to tell everyone. You just got to tell them. You've just got to tell them. See, because let me tell you, just like I did, I met these people up here. Jesus will meet those who seek him out. Because Steve came up here, I met him here. If he hadn't come up here, he could sat his butt right back out there in, this, in the pew. And I would have kept his candy bar for myself. I didn't come to him. He came to me. Y'all are catching on? Amen. Yeah? I want you to also notice in that scripture, it was a really interesting time. It's the first time that Jesus goes into a city, and he doesn't really perform miracles. What does Jesus do there? He says he stayed two days, and he taught, and he talked. He built relationship with them. Because he understood, if you read the rest of John... All of the miracles, the people who were involved in the miracles, they didn't hang out. They didn't stick around. Relationship is what caused them to stick around. Jesus is about the relationship. See, when you invite people, he wants to have relationship with them. John 15, 15, Jesus says this. I love this. this I, I, I think I broke down and actually cried when I read this this week. He says, I no longer call you slaves, because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends, since I have told you everything the Father told me. Even Jesus already showing the principle. You'll come to the Father because he told you. Amen. You didn't choose me, I chose you. 
I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love one another. So if you love each other, what are you going to do? You're going to tell them. You're going to tell the world about Jesus. Jesus is then going to build a relationship with them. And he's going to offer them salvation. Not you. You don't have to do anything. God is a God of of relationship. Jesus is that bridge. He's the relationship. Y'all catching the picture? Heidi, in this case, was the relationship piece. Steve might not have come up if I'd asked him to. But Heidi did. She was the relationship in there. I just, I want you guys to really picture this in your head. The last thing the scripture tells us, and I love the exclamation point. It exclaims, Jesus, they said, Jesus is the Savior of the world. They are brought to the recognition because somebody told them, Jesus built relationship with them, and they got their candy bar. Getting it? It's, this is, this is, there is so much packed into here. See, some of you are wondering what all this is about. See, God desires for you to live for eternity. God is not a God who doesn't care about you. If you look back at every other God in the world that the world has ever created, they have no desire to have relationship with you. They have no desire to have that. They have no desire to be in eternity with you because eternity is only for God's. But this is, what, this is what Ezekiel 18.32 says, says. I don't want you to die, says the sovereign Lord. Turn back and live. So for those of you who right now who don't know Jesus Christ, who don't have a relationship, I'm telling you right now, he wants to live with you forever. He wants you to turn back from your sin and come to the eternity side. Yeah. He wants to give you the gift. And here's what Jesus says, though, even in John 10.10. Doesn't just want to give you eternal life. He wants you to live fully. John 10 10 says this the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what the world's here to do for you, folks. Everything that the world has to offer you is, is, is its purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But this is what Jesus says. He says, My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. That's exactly what Jesus wants to give. See, you weren't created to live unfulfilled. You were not created to not live for eternity. But you have to accept Jesus as the fulfillment to fill up your life. He's the key. So some of you are going to ask today, maybe, I don't know everybody here, maybe some of you don't know Jesus as your, as your Lord and Savior, and you're saying, how do we know that Jesus, how do we know that Jesus, we know that, that he is the, the Savior? There's a couple things here, but I want to talk to you about it, a, a little bit about it, how he is the Savior. First off, you have to invite him. That's the first key. The Samaritans invited him. And the only way you can learn that he's the savior of the world is if you build a relationship, if you get to know him, if you take the candy bar, or at least come forward for the candy bar, go knock on the door. Because the reality is, I never knew if they really had the king-size candy bar until I knocked on the door. See, we, we, we have to make that first initial step. John 10, 1, 9 says this. It says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks, this is how you're going to know him. 
I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He has gathered his own flock. He walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. You want to know Jesus? You've got to have a relationship with him. You've got to get used to hearing his voice. So this morning... When I called, for what I called this morning, because some of you needed to hear Jesus' voice. Some of you needed to be re-familiarized with the shepherd so that you could recognize his voice and quit running towards the opposite way. You needed to hear him this morning so that you could recognize him. It's relationship. See, he gives good gifts. He wants to give you the good gifts. When I was a, as a boy, a young man, teenager, I, I, I wrestled, believe it or not. And uh, I was an okay wrestler. I really was. And you can antiquate this to wrestling with God, however you want to do all that. But when I would wrestle, I would go to the meets. And, and I had a really great coach. But i got to be honest with you. I could never hear his voice during the wrestling meets. I could hear one voice, one voice, and it was my dad. It's my father. Now, I'm going to tell you, Heidi knows this. My dad is not athletically inclined. Never stepped on a wrestling mat ever in a day in his life. But my dad would listen to what the coach was yelling at me, and he would begin to yell exactly what he said. And because I knew his voice, I would respond. Shoot the double leg, Kelly. Reverse, Kelly. Armbar, Kelly. I never heard the coach. I never once could remember ever hearing his voice. But I could hear my dad's. See, I could hear the father's voice. I could hear him calling. And I would respond. I would respond. And that's the story. Are you all getting it this morning? Yeah. It's a simple message. I don't want to tell you I'm going to stand up here and speak some kind of big theological message this morning. It's a very simple message. I'm going to let Heidi read it and proofread all my spelling and my enunciations and pronunciations. And my... She said, it's just simple. And I said, yep, it's just simple. Tell, go, receive. Tell, go, receive. It's that simple. That applies to us giving out, the world, telling the world about Jesus. It's simply the way when we need Jesus, just like we did this morning. We came to the altar, we told him, and he met us. That's the kingdom principle. We get it? It's really, really, it's not a hard one this morning. And just like, some of my, just like me, the 16-year-old Kelly on a wrestling mat, some of you need to hear the Father's voice this morning. Some of you need to respond to it, and you'll know it. 
So we're going to do something really simple today. I'm going to do, I've got a couple things I just want to pray for. Just a couple of things. Um, as, we, as we go forward. Lorraine, if you want to come and play, it's cool. If not, that's okay too. So just wrapping it up, guys. We're supposed to tell the world about Jesus. If you tell the world about Jesus, they will come. They will come. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but they will come. There's no pressure on you. You're not given anything. You're just telling. How simple is that? No pressure. Steve likes to talk. He'll have no problem with that. Just tell. Jesus will always deliver on his promise. And finally, guys, I'm here to proclaim, just like you are, that Jesus is the Savior of the world. He's the only Savior of the world. But not only is he the Savior, he came to give you life abundantly and eternally. And he's all about a relationship with you. So I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes for just a second. And some of you might have heard this today and you said, man, know who Jesus is. That guy sounds pretty amazing. I want him to tell me everything that I ever did. I want him to speak into my life. If that's you today, if you say, I need life more abundantly, I want to live eternally, and you say, man, I, I just want, I want what this guy's talking about up here. And you're looking for Jesus today. If that's you. You've never accepted him, or maybe you need to re-give your life back to him. If that's you, just, just raise your hand. And then there's a second thing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for today. And I'm just going to pray this over you, actually. It's very simple. I'm going to pray for boldness for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray that you will tell the world so that they'll go and they'll receive. Is that okay? Can I pray for you all? Is that all right? All right. Father God, we just thank you this morning. Lord, I thank you for all that you're doing in our midst today, Lord Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you've come and you've met us here this morning, Jesus. Lord, that, that, you, that you would care so much about us today that you would come and meet us here. Lord, I pray for this church. I pray for a boldness, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that the same, and I don't know why I'm saying this, but it's just on my heart, the same excitement, the same pride that they take in being called from the east side, Lord, that they would take in being called children of God. Lord, that they would want to tell everybody, because, Lord, they would want to have the boldness, that you would empower them with that boldness this morning, the same boldness that comes from your very throne. So, Jesus, I pray for that this morning, Lord. I pray that you would just strengthen this group, Lord Jesus, that they would be bold, that they would go out and fill your commission that you sent out in Matthew 28. You said, go and make disciples. Just go and tell the world. Be like the Samaritan woman. Keep it simple. Lord, that they would have the courage to do that today. And that they would have the courage to strengthen their relationship with you. Call on you, Lord Jesus, for anything that they need. 
Lord, I just thank you for these things. In Jesus' name, amen.